The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Another episode of the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Pelletier, and joining me this week is our favorite Hawkeye XFL Jim. Jim, well, how you doing today? I'm leaving. So that was a fun stream, Adam. That was good stuff. I, I think uh, it's was, been a great, great, I think it's a great show. I mean, you know, we normally have a corn husker on in Justin Mark. So we get a Hawkeye this week in XFL Jim. It's great. I, I love it. It's fair. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that one slide because you and me are good pals. Representing the uh, the lesser talented Big Twelve areas, or Big that's 10, fair, or whichever big y'all are in. Whichever. It doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter in college football. Yeah, it's just like it's uh, whose line is that anyways? The numbers are made up, and the points don't matter. Exactly. All right, but we are here to talk some USFL, Jim. What'd you think of this weekend's games? I mean, we had a shocker on Saturday. I don't think anyone at the start of the season had the Houston gamblers rolling the Philadelphia stars to the point where Kenji Bahar was sitting in the fourth quarter. I would argue two shockers on Saturday, but for sure, I think at the start of the season, me in particular, because I'm, I've been on case Cookus's like train since forever, but I didn't see the gamblers in this upswing. And I definitely didn't see the stars having this big of a downswing. It was shocking. No, I mean, and Case Cookus has been good. Like, Case Cookus is currently second in the league in yards, but the problem is, is Case Cookus is getting absolutely demolished every play. I mean, I think he's been sacked probably close to 20 times now. This offensive line is a turnstile, which means they don't have a run game, which means it's all on him, and he's getting obliterated back there. It's just, it, it all comes back to the offensive line, in my opinion. And it's just, I don't understand why it's this bad. Well, and you you look at their draft, and they went out and they drafted a bunch of offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They knew it was going to be an issue. They said, we need to get guys in here who can block. Bart Andrus said, we're going to go out and we need to get some guys who can protect Case Cookus and keep the franchise upright. They failed. I'm sorry. The correct number is 19. He has been sacked 19 times now <laughs> through four games. He is averaging five, almost five sacks a game. And he's only thrown for five touchdowns and against five picks. Five, five, five for him. It feels like it's been 50 with the way that's been doing. But bringing in a lot of these offensive linemen from the draft, I wonder. Well, I they wonder haven't signed any of them. They haven't made it. Yeah. Yet. They're all, we're waiting to see if these guys catch on in rookie mini camps. And so maybe the stars are more interesting next year, given how this is all shaking out. I'm thinking so. I'm thinking they might be that might be a move for next year. Could this be the first championship game that's starless? I, I mean, we haven't seen it in what you know five iterations now. You know, it'll be mind blowing. I, I don't know what we'll do with the Philadelphia Stars being this bad, and we can no longer. And Kevin Sumlin was clearly what was holding the Houston Gamblers back. I feel like that was easy to tell. Uh, Kevin Sumlin, where he goes, bad things follow, and he's like big trading weights. The Gamblers' offense is night and day from what it was last year, and to be honest, their defense is still pretty darn good in my opinion. I like what they've shown. They have a good running game, and Kenji Bahar's coming into himself. It's amazing what your offense can do when you're – it's amazing what your defense can do when it doesn't have to make up for your offense not being able to maintain the ball. Mark Thompson already over 200 yards on the season on just 30 attempts. He's averaging six yards an attempt, an absolute beast, picking up right where he left off. I think he's going to smash last year's 460-yard total. I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's up in like the six, 700s. I, it yeah, I mean. The way they're running the ball. 
And it's just, you know, and Kenji Bahar last week, I was talking with some folks. I just, I didn't know if Kenji Bahar was going to be him. I thought, I thought the Kenji Bihar experiment was going to be done and dead. You, he's such a weird player because he shows flashes of absolute brilliance and then he'll just kind of like be a dud for a good chunk of time. I think Kenji Bihar is best as a top four, top three quarterback in the league. And I wonder how often they get that out of him through for the rest of the season. I don't know if he's the full stop solution. But when he's good, he is real good. Yeah, I mean, I think that this year we've seen a lot more, a lot less teams be settled on who their guy is. You know, I mean, we've only really got four teams that I think you would lock in who their starter is. And five, if you include Birmingham with Jamar getting hurt and Alex Magoo now being the guy, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson is clearly the class of the USFL right now. Just clearly hands down. CFL superstar. He looks like he's doing the AJ McCarron thing. The seasoned vet comes in and just takes care of business. Case Cookus is pretty set and forget. But if you're Philadelphia, are you looking at a guy like Vad Lee because you don't want Case Cookus to break his other leg and ruin a second honeymoon? I was I was gonna say like Case Cookus is the starter for the stars, but if you don't want him to get murdered out there then maybe slot someone else in if you're going to kind of just – if you can't, you don't have that much longer in the North. I know it's – the North is like neck and neck. There's a lot of up in the air in that division. But eventually, when you when you see the writing on the wall, I wonder if they kind of pack it in and stop starting Cookus. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the right, the North is still wide open. The Generals currently set atop the North at 2-2. Two and two. The Panthers tied at 2-2. Two and two, And the Maulers and Stars both at 1-3. and three. I mean, the North – the North might remember the USFL, but the North didn't show up this time around in the USFL. <laughs> I I wonder if so. The I, I believe a lot of these teams will come out. Whoever comes out of the North, I believe, will be very battle tested. I just I was talking about it with Chase a lot on uh, on our show. I'm just super, I've been surprised, especially four weeks in. The level of play in general and the Stars' offensive line excluded, but the level of play for every team has rose dramatically, in my opinion in year two, mm-hmm. you know, and speaking of just elevating your level, Jim, don't you wish you could look as stylish as I do with these shady rage shades on your face? Cause shady rays, it's shady may baby. Shady rays is teaming up with SGPN for shady may. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. So if you're like XFL Jim out there raging at the USFL tailgate and you smash your Shady Rays, box them up, send them back, no questions asked. They'll send you a new pair. No word yet if they're going to get USFL branded Shady Rays. Would love that. Would buy it. 10 out of 10 would buy a pair. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 in the Shady May contest. God, that was a good transition right there. Do they have sun in Nebraska where you are? Genuine, genuine question. They have nothing but sun. It's the worst winters and the worst summers. It's worst the winters and the worst summers. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, the North, they're going to be battle-tested, but I don't know if they can hang with some of these South teams offensively. Three of the South teams have already put up 100 points a game, so they're averaging 25-plus points a game. The top team in the North is has set is scoring 76 points so far in the season. Sub 20 points. No team in the North is averaging more than 20 points a game. Do you feel like that's being colored a little bit from that Birmingham Memphis like beatdown? Because I, I understand that New Orleans and Birmingham both have terrific offenses. But the I, gamblers have scored 115 on this season. That's fair. That is a fair. I, I mean, the Breakers and the Stallions are averaging 30 points a game. The gamblers are averaging 28. You know, and even the showboats are averaging 20. 
No team in the North is outscoring a team in the South right now. That's actually crazy. That It's absolutely insane. And I just, long story short, the North doesn't run the USFL. The South does. No, it does not. Very Unlike the, the XFL. Unlike the XFL where the North ran it. It's the complete inverse. So can we like get an A-League with the USFL South and the XFL North and we just stagger those divisions every year? This We might be onto something here. That would be awesome. But we've talked about the Gamblers and the Stars enough. Let's get to the nightcap of Saturday. The Memphis Showboats. Todd Haley. Still not a good coach. Still I not a good coach. I stand I by that. I can't, I can't get behind that. I think this is more he finally trusted the young gunslinger, the tall Cole Kelly as his quarterback. Finally, he quit Brady White. He needed to do it weeks ago. He really did. And I've been trying to make like I've been trying to find a cool way to say Cole Kelly, like you could say Chad Kelly. It hasn't been working out, but this this was a must-win game for the showboats. They it's, got it. It's done. long swag, Kelly. Yes. I like that. And I don't know. This was like their backs against the wall. Couldn't afford to lose. Because if they lose this one, in my opinion, their, their season's done already. Oh, they could 4, not fall done. to 0-4 in the South. Yeah, you're done. You know, with how good the South has been, with a 4-0 and and a 3-1 and team, if you're 0-4, you're packing it in, and you're just getting ready to play the Week 10 first overall pick game. Mm-hmm. And... The surprise in this one to me was the Panthers defense not living up to the expectations that I personally have set for them. And you know what? I'm disappointed, Michigan Panthers. You've disappointed me. I mean, I don't know that the Michigan Panthers defense is what disappointed you so much as Jordan Love. Oh, he very much disappointed me. Josh Love, we thought he was going to be good. We thought he was going to be a consistent option for them, able to move the ball using all their weapons. But he looked bad. Carson Strong didn't look any better. They combined for 134 yards through the air, one touchdown against two picks. Sure, they completed 70% of their passes, but this Michigan Panthers team is really plagued because they don't have a guy. They don't have a guy who can win consistently on the outside for them. Yeah, they have like a good consistent sort of receiver, like a good um old reliable guy that you can kind of get the ball to, but it's only going to get him so far. I don't think they have the guy that can kind of blow up a game outside, which is worrisome. And I wonder if strong starts next week, if we see a little bit better of a showing out of him, he was a little bit more consistent in love in college. And I wonder if he's going to be the guy going forward. I mean, you just look at that, those games, Jordan love put up or Josh love put, I keep wanting it's, to say it's Jordan so love. easy to confuse. It so really easy. is. I mean, they're both mid quarterbacks who are uninspiring, really. Um, Josh Love looked decent through his first three game, first two games, fell off a little bit last week, and then a rough week this week. And, you know, again, you look at their offense, they're just not able to push the ball down the field right now. So I don't know if that's a pass, that's a pass blocking issue or what, but I don't think it's a blocking issue because Stevie Scott and Reggie Corbin making it, making moves on the ground as mm-hmm. we, as one would expect. And usually when you see like the strong run game, you, I it makes me not question the offensive line. If you see a run game that's this consistent, we got running backs this getting this much play every single week, I don't usually question the offensive line's ability. Maybe pass blocking, maybe? But I put it more on the quarterback. I put it more on the receivers they have. I, I really think it is. You know, I love Trey Quinn. Trust me. Trey mm-hmm. Quinn helped me have the most smack talk filled Thanksgiving ever. Like four years ago, we're sitting around the Thanksgiving game table. I'm squaring off with my cousin in a fantasy football matchup. And he's thinking he's got me dead to rights, but I picked up a scrappy little slot receiver named Trey Quinn. <laughs> God pie never tasted so good. Let did me they, tell you. Did the Panthers have a lot of turnover the receiver position? Because I don't. Maybe they, this is just me. They being did. Stupid. They lost Lance Lenore. I mean, yeah, and that's that's the big guy that they lost. Lance Lenore was the key to that offense last year because he could take a slant and go. You know, not that Joe Walker out here is bad. It's just they're missing another consistent threat. Trey Quinn can really take apart the middle of the field, and so I don't know if they lack a receiver who can get open downfield or if their quarterbacks can't push it downfield, but. It's a definite lack of a downfield passing game, 
that is really hurting this Michigan Panthers team. Because my issue with them last year is I felt like they were squandering what looked on paper to be a good offensive roster with bad quarterback decisions. And I don't, maybe if they had enough turnover, it's just not, it's kind of like flip-flopped in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if the quarterbacks are great, but I don't think the quarterbacks, I mean. Not as bad as last year. Right. They're two and two in the North. I mean, they're currently tied for first in the North. And they have the most points scored in the North. But, I mean, it's the North. I mean, do you really want to be the team that barely squeaks by into the playoffs because your division sucks? Sure, you might beat your team, but then you're going to get smoked in the championship game and look like an absolute embarrassment. Potentially. I mean, these leagues are always shifting. Week five is always a weird big week. This is kind of the week coming up where a lot of things might shift and you might see some teams sort of separate themselves or really figure out what they're about. And I wonder if we see that with the Panthers. No, I mean, this is a definite make or break week for Michigan. You know, they're playing on Sunday. They got the Maulers though. And the Maulers are the best looking one in three spring league team I've seen in a long time. So much better than last year. So much better. They're so much better. There's they're actually fun to watch. They really are. They really are. I mean, it's again, it's interesting that they're good to watch this year. They're fun. You know, it took a punt return touchdown and a late scrambled comeback for the Stallions to beat them. It it was, (laughs) there's nothing else to say. I mean, they got rid of Kirby Wilson and it was a match made in heaven. I do. If you, if you would have told me this time last year, that the Mullers are maybe the most entertaining team to watch in the North. I would have slapped you in your mouth. It would have been warranted. It would have been warranted. That would have been saying crazy things. But again, like it seems like Kirby Wilson, what what was holding that team back? They get rid of him. And now Ray Horton, it was a match. It was like, it was destined. And unlike the Maulers who are looking at last year as full of what ifs, what if you tried something new with dating and matchmaking and trying to find your match? Cause talkify is a way to meet serious singles in your area. Jim, you too can find the Hawkeye of your dreams. I bet there's talkify users out there in Iowa country. What if they help you find what you're looking for? Are you having a hard time meeting great people to date? Why do you keep trying the same methods over and over if you're set up to fail, just mindlessly swiping, 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 swiping? Jim's looking for a connection. Jim's looking for love. He's looking for something, and he's got to have that confidence. And Talkify is the country's number one matchmaking service that's designed to help you achieve relationship success. Yes, you, XFL Jim, and yes, you, listener. They're trusted compatibility specialists, hand-select, successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. So no, you will not be stuck with your Kirby Wilson if you're the Pittsburgh Maulers. Here's how it works. The matchmakers meet with you to learn what you're looking for in a partner. Then there's select and screen potential match candidates for you during background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients, 80% of clients, four out of five, meet their person within the first 12 matches. Within your first XFL season, XFL gym, you will find your person. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash sgpn for 20 percent off when you become a client talkify.com slash sgpn they'll find you love in less time than a spring football season i'll find the xfl jane to my xfl gym find the xfl jane to the xfl gym there we go interested singles please feel free to dm the show we will set you up with xfl gym if you can be as xfl jane or usfl jane or cfl jane he's not discriminating Three down, four down, indoor, outdoor. Jim is your man. That was great. I need, I need you as a wingman, Adam. I, I got you. I got you. You know I got you. The Stallion special teams is wingmanning Alex Magoo. Alex Magoo really tried to hand this game away. Subpar passing effort. Turned the ball over twice. But 
bailed out by some late game heroics in the special teams. A nine, what was it? A 96 yard touchdown return. Mm-hmm. God, I love a good special teams touchdown. And this one set me off. I mean, it sucks for the Maulers because they basically had this one, one, but, uh, uh, specialty, Hey, special teams, special players. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's a weird game because it was all field goals and special teams. You know, the Maulers out here, one offensive touchdown, but the defense was getting work done. I mean, they moved the ball well. Troy Williams must have listened, put the Alt Fantasy, tacked the Alt Fantasy podcast up on the board after we took him to task last week for being a subpar quarterback. Showed up this week with 200 yards through the air, 63 yards on the ground in a tutty. Yeah, he did it. He was he was balling. I mean, obviously the touchdowns aren't there, but if you're the Maulers, they don't need to be for the most part. You're you can usually lead on your defense. He looked the part. He looked good enough. Magoo, this was easily the worst game I've ever seen him play this year or last year. I don't know what was up with him, and then I don't know what happened to the Stallions' rush. Well, I mean, they lost Bo Scarborough. I mean, you lost I, your workforce back, so now you're trying to make this work with CJ Maribel. And, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, Alex Magoo running the ball a bunch and just kind of scrambling around. So, I mean, they're hurting. And Zaquandre White, who's not anything spectacular, you're hurting. You lost the guy who you rode to an USFL championship last year. That's what I was going to say, too. Like, I think Magoo could be as good as he wants to be. But Jamar Smith brings something extra to the team, like an emotional factor that is so hard to replicate that just even with all the injuries, if this was Magoo Hurt and Jamar starting, I believe they would still look as good as they did last year. Just because he brings that oomph, I wouldn't and, worry. And no Bo Scarborough, no exactly. Marlon Williams. This team has been decimated by injuries. So the fact that they're still winning games is massively impressive. But I really wonder if they're not living a charmed existence right now. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop two more easily. And Jay Sternberger came back down to earth just when we were all getting excited for the Jay Sternberger experience, seeing him rocking and rolling, being what we all thought he could be, <laughs> comes crashing back down to earth with just an absolutely miserable game. Do you think he at least has one more in him? Because I really hope so. I want to. I think just, he's. Got I want to yell Sternberger during. I game. think he's got a couple more games. I mean, this was just a really off game for him you know he was still targeted he just wasn't able to bring him in you know one catch for five yards his previous low was three for 29 but he had a touchdown and i think that just comes to you know the ballers are a good defensive team ray horton's gonna scheme to take away your best offensive player right now and unfortunately jay sternberger is the stallion's best offensive weapon right now He's such a fun name to yell. I'm gonna put him in like my top five right now spring football names to yell when I'm watching a game understandable you know i mean davy and no disrespect to davion davis who's had a good who had a good week eight for 71 yeah you know he just he stepped up since marlon williams went out the question is is can he keep it going and can he produce touchdowns that this team is going to need i don't know about consistently i don't know if he can consistently yeah i mean back-to-back weeks looking good you know five for 123 last week eight for 71 this week Maybe, maybe Davion Davis. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I don't love the guy throwing him the ball. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the the issue. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be getting out of Magoo going forward. Then again, I don't know how many defenses that can really take advantage of it and make him look that bad. I think Magoo might be a matchup guy. I mean, he's that. If you're able to stream a guy like Magoo, I really like that. Um, In DFS, it's the right matchup. So if you're playing against somebody like the Stars, I'd roll them out there. I might mm-hmm. roll them out there against the Panthers or the Gamblers or the Showboats. Really, just not the Stallions, the Breakers, the Panthers, eh, the Generals and the Maulers. So the top four teams, I wouldn't roll them out against. That's kind of where I'm at, too. Any one of those bottom team defenses, like especially the Stars. Uh, get any mm-hmm. quarterback you can, basically, because the Stars, they look electric. Yeah, they can't get after the other quarterback, and they can't protect their own quarterback. I don't know what happened to that defense. They looked so good in the backfield last year. They just, they can't, it could be a thing where they're just on the field too much. I mean, the defense, I don't think lost a ton of people, but at the end of the day, no matter how good your defense is, if your offense is just spending the entire game on the field, it's just, it's not going to work. 
Yeah, I think they only lost like one or two guys up front. But yeah, I think that's the big factor is that just the fact they're on the field so much. Yeah. And now 20 to 17 and what was an exciting game between, you know, looking at this game looking at a game between the breakers and the generals. I feel like I've called like I've hit my prediction shot of whatever I'm going to call the game of the week. Pretty consistently. I called this one, the game of the week. This one was awesome. No, absolutely. Phenomenal game. Loved it. Good back and forth game, you know, where the generals, despite not being able to move the ball, maybe as well as they would hope were still in this game late and had a chance late to try to put it away. They forced a late punt and they just, couldn't make anything happen late in the game. Man, also just I want Bethel Thompson is leagues above every quarterback in this league. It feels like he's so much better. No, I mean it's, it's wild. He's a professional quarterback. I mean, let's just remember he was he was playing in the United Football League. Some of these guys weren't even out of elementary school yet by the time the U, when the UFL was playing. That's how old McLeod Bethel Thompson is. Just keep that in mind. Like some of these guys who are one or two, three years out of college weren't on, weren't playing tackle football yet when McLeod Bethel Thompson was a professional football player. I love skinny Ben Roethlisberger with all my heart and Bethel Thompson's going to lead this team and just keep piling on the stats. He didn't even have a touchdown this game. I don't care. He, he, has he not, has he failed to put up 200 yards yet? No, yeah, every week, exactly. week after week after week, two hundred. I think he's been. I might. He's been over two fifty every week. Three hundred two, two fifty one, two eighty three, two seventy nine. Back to back weeks with picks, though. But the generals, the generals' defense is good. Mike yeah. Riley knows how to play this game. Mike Riley is a spring football savant. Mike Riley knows what he's doing. You know, just like McLeod Bethel Thompson was playing quarterback while some of these players were still in elementary school. Mike Riley was coaching spring football before McLeod Bethel Thompson was even a thought. Yes. He's been around. He's ancient and he's, he's built up the wisdom. So, nah, and, and he's just figured out ways to win week in and week out. And I think that's his, what one of his biggest strengths is. I mean, he knows this general's team needs to have a good mix through the air and on the ground, you know, Deandre Johnson only one thirteen through the air. Definitely want to see that number up, but they still gained you know, 172 yards on the ground and DeAndre Johnson had 38 of those, which is a low game for him. The breakers managed to contain DeAndre Johnson and that's why they won this game at the end of the day. Yeah. I'd like to see DeAndre's um, attempts, pass attempts go up at least. To who? To who? That's fair. That's fair. That is fair. They don't have a lot of the they, receivers that you would expect. Like, you want to, you want him throw, you want to throw, you want him throwing eight times a game to Cam Eccles looper. You want him throwing to Braden Bowman four, five times a game? Alonzo Moore six times a game? Randy Satterfield more than three times a game? You want him checking down, or you want him checking down to his backs? Like he doesn't have a receiver. This team really yeah, misses. This team really misses Kevontae Turpin. Oh, massively. And they thought they could create him in the aggregate with Cam Eccles Looper and I know your boy, Demorne Pearsonell. Yeah, uh, DeMorne, I mean, I'm going to just flout. DeMorne hasn't been the same since he got hurt in like 20. Well, he tore his knee. He tore his knees out for the year this year. I mean, he he hasn't been the same since then. And then he's, yeah, he's just too injury prone. I think if he was on the team, maybe you'd see a little bit better production out of this, but out of this receiver group. But now that I look to their running backs, neither of them are really like pass catching backs. They're more just Trey Williams. Trey Williams is fine. He's fine, but. Yeah, it's a team that wants to run the ball early and often. And, you know, they could really use somebody like a Sage Surratt that McLeod oh. Bethel Thompson has just been using to carve up defenses. Who name me a team that couldn't use a Sage Surratt type? I it's a tall he's, order. He's it's so a tall bad. order. I right love now. him. I love Sage Surratt so much, man. I, I just, you know, and that's the thing. Like, there are a lot of guys that didn't report that baffle me a little bit. And some of these teams really could use them. Like Philly or New Jersey could definitely use a guy like Bug Howard, you know, and then you see, you know, some of these fringe XFL guys. I don't know if those XFL contracts are two-year contracts. If they're not, and I'm an XFL guy who doesn't get a camp invite, I'm Why like, not? screw this. I'm going to go earn, I'm going to go in another check and I'm going to look and I'm going to ball out and I'm going, cause I'm 
in game shape. I'm a little rested and I'll be ready come August, come especially training camp. If you're, especially if you're on one of the teams that didn't even like make the playoffs or anything. You've got weeks of rest, a full season under your belt, and you're not going to play the full USFL season, obviously. If it's if you're not going to be under contract, why not try it? Do we know what happened with Bug Howard? I, I think I, he didn't report is my I, understanding. I, I get that, but do we? I, I have no idea I, why. I have no idea why. Not it, the faintest It boggles idea. me. It really does. So, But like just thinking about that, like a guy like Jeff Bidette, I don't think Jeff Bidette's mm. going to get an NFL invite. I love Jeff Bidette. Wow. I absolutely love Jeff Bidette. You will find no bigger Jeff Bidette fan than me. Come back to the USFL, man. Make some money. You know, Eli Rogers, get them, Kate, stay in game shape, stay ready. You know, you didn't do huge things for Orlando. Come show that you can ball out. A guy like Cedric Bird, who maybe didn't do as great, Elise Mack. Someone could use a big tight end. Nick Holly, come back. You played for two. Be the first man to play for three spring league teams in a season. That would be so cool. I love Nick Holly. I wonder how the contract situation works. Like if they could do the USFL and then also the XFL next year. Or like contracts are weird and I don't understand them, but that would be really cool if they could. They got all (laughs) them words in them and they're tough for me to understand. I get that. Um, Looking ahead to this weekend's action, four USFL games and an XFL championship game on the docket. Jim, how are you feeling about this USFL slate? We'll, we'll talk about the USFL slate first, and then we'll get into the the main event, the on entree, if we will. It's interesting. There's a couple games that sort of speak to me, especially I think the Saturday games to me are a little bit more exciting. I'm excited to see how the Maulers sort of after – showing what they did against the Stallions, if they can keep that pace against the Panthers who sort of tripped up. I want to see if the Maulers can kind of have a little bit of offensive production going into this game. And then the Gamblers with the Stallions, I want to see how that works out. I wonder if the Gamblers will come back down to the earth, Stallions bounce back. Who knows? I mean, that one feels like a shootout, honestly. I it can does. see that being a 35-32 game or something like that with both teams just putting up monster numbers because – both of those defense have looked suspect at times. It's all going to depend. Ken Berming, Ken Davion Davis, and Jay Sternberger get it together for the Stallions. I'm going to say yes. I guess the Gamblers, I would lean towards the yes on that one. I, I would not. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And then looking on the other side of the ball, the Maulers and the Pan- and at the early game, the Maulers and the Panthers. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? I think whatever the total is going to be, I'm going to probably bet the under, first of all. And I want to see I, – I, I bet the Panthers come out with love to start. I want to know if he does start, how long he's in the game against a defense as strong as we know the Maulers is, how he looks. And I want to see if the Panthers' defense can sort of step it up a bit against this yeah, team. I mean, it's a little bit questionable on offense. This one definitely does feel like an under game and one I'm staying away from for fantasy purposes. If I can yes. start these defenses, give it to me all day. Give it to me, and obviously my Panthers' backs. But outside of that, I think I'm staying away from that one as far as most players. And then on Sunday, you know, we got a 12 and a 3. So we got the early afternoon games this weekend. Uh, We got the New Jersey Generals and the Philly Stars rematch of the North Division Championship game last year. First off, I appreciate them doing this so the XFL Championship can shine alone. Um, This one is intriguing me because I don't know – the stars are kind of like on a runaway train to bad. And this is sort of where the buck stops. And now their backs are against the wall. So in my opinion, and I want to see how they, if, if they do anything to stop the, like the other defense, I would play is the generals because the stars haven't done anything to show that they can protect cookies. And I feel like you could just rack up sacks like crazy. And I'm also going to be the, I feel like the running backs for the generals are just going to feast because the defensive line for the stars is awful. Co-sign all of that. I wouldn't change anything. Probably going to play Corey Coleman because Corey Coleman's looked good this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been moving the ball for yards. They just haven't been able to keep it together to finish drives off. I mean, they're getting plenty of yardage. So your stars receivers, your Corey Coleman and uh, your Sewell, your Jordan Sewell and guys like that, just keep rolling with them. But Case Cookus, exactly. Maybe you're trying to move Case Cookus right now, honestly. I think you are because, like you said, like the receivers are fine because they're going to get their receptions. They're going to march down the field. And then he's going to get blown up like two or three times. They're going to have to kick a field goal, or he's going to have to throw a desperation throw and get picked. 
Yeah. And then three o'clock. We got the battle of the, we got the water battle. Can the waves swamp the showboats? I think this is a comeback down to earth for the showboats after getting their one win. I think the breakers defense feasts in this game personally. And this one, it's either they feast or this one could also be a sneaky shootout. In my opinion, I think the start, the breakers like to turn things into shootouts. They have the offensive firepower to do it. So McLeod Bethel Thompson is upset. He didn't throw a touchdown last week. He's going to go off. He's this feels like a McLeod Bethel Thompson blow up game down in Birmingham this weekend. I yeah. give me that. Give me that all day long. Sage Surratt, top to bottom. I might I might stack that in a couple DFS lineups. Yeah, that's that's just lie. spectacular. <laughs> Looking to the other league, the XFL, Jim. We have back to back years with spring football championship games. How does it feel? Can I tell you I've never been happier this year? Like when we we went from the Super Bowl directly to football in the XFL to now for the last like five weeks we've had doubled up. It's my my dream, Adam. I've told you about this. My dream of year long football. I finally get to see. It. I I almost I cried two weeks ago because I was. So I believe happy. it. I believe it. I Jim. I've been loving it. I've had double TVs when they've been head to head. It's been great. But all this made me realize was. I need one of these leagues to realize they're going to be stronger together. I so bring football stronger together. I have I have dual feelings about this because a I love the the um, I love how each league's a little different. I do think together they would be better play wise. But I also you know where we have a model for that. The AL had the designated hitter for how long, and the NL didn't. We can do some slightly different rules here. We can play through our seasons. Mm-hmm. We can get some interleague play. Get like a nice eight that, eight, nice sixteen game sixteen teams, twelve week season, just add like two, three weeks, and then some nice playoffs on either end. I think and I think the thing is everybody's this has been my theory, and it's like it is hard. It's hard to stay involved in a spring league mm-hmm. because you know very quickly which teams are good and which teams are not good. Mm-hmm. From a gambling perspective, so it gets hard, it gets less interesting because there's four games a weekend. It's it's not that exciting. The thing that makes football so exciting is your 10 to 16 games a weekend for pro and college. You're however deep your bookie lets you go, you know? So, and even with fantasy, that's what makes it more interesting. Fantasy. One of these leagues needs to either, they need to merge or one of them needs to get to 12 teams. And I think that that's where this is going to settle. I think, I think, expansion is probably the next step i at the very least i need these leagues to at least have maybe an exhibition game or a couple games throughout the year where they play each other that would just be beautiful to me also to keep them separate i'm of the weird train where i kind of like the the fan uh arguments that i see online of the xfl fans versus the usfl fans to me it's fun the mindlessness of both camps it's so stupid how how many how many down votes can we get for saying that if you're firmly camped in xfl or usfl odds are you've made a stupid argument at some point that's a that's just a fact like if you're if you're if you're diehard one of the like i'm sitting there but if you're sitting there trying to tell me the xfl attendance numbers are spectacular when you consider the product and that the TV ratings are amazing and cause for excitement because we don't know the streaming. I've got a bridge and I've got a bridge in Manhattan to sell you. And if you're trying to sit there and say the USFL hub model is responsible and fiscally, fiscally wise and going to lead to long-term success. I got a bridge. I can sell you in Alaska too. They're both uh, got, awesome. They're both amazing. They're both fun. Just you. enjoy them both the, people. Come I on. Love, listen, the on-field product is not, and, and I will say, I do enjoy that the debate isn't the on-field product because I think people do see there is a good level of parity in the on-field product. Mm-hmm. I think if you put best on best, I think if you put the breakers on the field, I think if you put the breakers on the field with the defenders this weekend, it would be, be a, a good, game. exciting game. I, awesome. I, I think the defenders would actually win because I think they're a little bit more battle tested. And I think the breakers do have some missing pieces, but I think the defenders are one of the most complete spring football teams we have seen since probably the 2019 Orlando Apollos. Probably like they're all around really, really good. I mean, I don't think the Houston Roughnecks of the 2020 XFL were as well put together and well-rounded 
granted smaller sample size. And it's a shame that we never got to see that because their their running game was developing and they were their defense was getting a little better throughout the week. But it's it, it's so hard to compare the 2020 season. It is. It's because we don't have that second half of the season where injuries start to wear your team down. You know, I mean, exactly. the Houston Roughnecks this year, we thought they were unbeatable. And it turns out they were a John Trey Kirkland away from being an awful team. Yes. And I'll say it till the I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Week five is the defining week of these spring leagues. That's where everything everything after it changes. That's where everything's sort of locked. Like it it's drastic. I did I went back and did the research for like the XFL in 2020, the AAF, the USFL last year. Week five, there's drastic change usually. So it's mm-hmm. it's a damn shame we didn't get to see that week five no, happen. And, and I'm just I'm super excited for it. So this weekend, the nine and one DC defenders taking on the four and six. Arlington. Five and six. They're five and six now. Five and six. Sorry, four and six regular season. Five and six. So ten and one. Five and six. We got the sub five hundred Arlington Renegades taking on the one loss DC defenders. I'm excited. I'm Eight so p.m. Excited. Saturday night, baby. Prime time. History could be made in this game, Adam. The offensive line coach for the Arlington Renegades played for the LA Extreme back in 2001 and won what? an XFL championship. First, back in- is that would that be that might yes. even be the first player and coach of any spring league? It very well could be. So let me tell you, Jim, you're a, you're a football aficionado here. So I've decided I'm coining the term of the spring the spring book of records, the spring football record books. And I started with the world football league in the mid seventies. I think Mm -hmm. that's a good starting point. The AFL was done. The NFL merger had happened. The W the world football league came along. And I think that's when we saw this counterculture spring football really start to run. So I, that might be, he might be the first player coach to win championships in the spring football era. So that would be world football. And honestly, I know they played in the fall, but I include the UFL in my spring football records because in spirit, it was a spring football. I think anyone with a brain realizes when you say spring football, you mean non-NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's about, Unlike, it's about, it's a feel, it's a vibe. I'm talking to you guy in the discord who said the CFL is different from the XFL and USFL. Cause they it's play not that different, the bud. It's not that different, bud. No, he was trying to say it's because they're not just playing for tape, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if they weren't playing for tape, you wouldn't have had a lot of guys leave the CFL for the XFL and USFL. I would I would agree with that sentiment if it was like just Canadian players. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like those guys aren't – but the reason you're getting at like American players is because they want to be on an NFL. Like, Correct. I, I hate it's it too. It's the same like, reason you get Americans in the European League of Football. I exactly. also include NFL Europe in yes. my statistical keeping. Not like, ELF I, yet. I don't like looking sure at these leagues as like practice leagues or mm-hmm. film leagues, but I mean, realistically, we have to look at what these players want and that's, they want to be in the NFL. Like, come on. I think we're a short step away from having a clear NFL is the top of the pyramid. I think the CFL slash one of these spring leagues is going to be the double A. And then I think I consider the arena leagues are split between high and low A. So like the IFL is high A for me. TBD on what the new arena league looks like. I think that'll be high A. I think so too. And then NAL, CIL, no disrespect to them, but they're low A. It's just a different tier of things. And I could see a thing where either, where maybe I change this a little bit in the CFL slash XFL becomes triple A and maybe the USFL kicks around in a double A. And And I I think in my mind, the reason for that is, is because the USFL plays later. It's a lot harder to jump from a USFL roster to an NFL roster yeah. because you miss so much of install. The XFL is set up perfectly for a guy to make that jump. And I wonder if these leagues go on for like five, 10 years or whatever, if you see guys that like kind of jump around and stay in the XFL, USFL, like I wonder what's Jordan Tom going to do. He's tried the NFL a couple different times. Hasn't worked out. Does he stay in these leagues? Like, there's Brandon guys that B you can designate as his like head out of his ass and sign Jordan Tawamu to back up Josh Allen. That's fair. That's fair. That's it. I but don't you, want Kyle Allen. I want Jordan Tawamu. You see these guys that kind of like try the NFL a bunch and then eventually they get dropped, dropped, dropped. I wonder if you see like spring league staple. Like Lewis Perez isn't getting a call, right? No, but he's Maybe. a spring league. Actually, 
Luis he Perez might, is going to get he a tra- might, he's, he's going to get a training camp call. He he's going to go throw the ball in training camp. You're going to trot him out with your third stringers be because right you're going to know if that third string receiver can play or not because Luis Perez can get them the ball. Yes, which this is fine. Is a, but I, he's a spring league god in my opinion. Right. But he's not like he's not back up in the NFL. He's for third someone stringer. like Luis Perez. His thing right now is building enough professional credibility that he will be able to walk into whatever coaching job he Mm -hmm. wants when he decides he's done. Exactly. Because that man picked up a playbook mid year and took this team to a championship game. And they look like a completely different squad. It is mind boggling how much better. Like there's the, the factor of when the renegade season really started is when he jumped on the roster with like four, what was it? Four weeks left to go. It was. Yeah. And, and, we were all, everyone was all aboard the Kyle Sloter train. And let me tell you, when it went south was when in back-to-back weeks, somebody brushed his face mask and he went over to the sideline and he was like, Kyle Sloter, if you see this, yes, I'm making fun of you. Yeah, we all I was- saw the guy tap your face and you go over there, my face coach. Really turn on him after that one. I, that, gonna, was, I- that was tough to see. Yeah, as that a big Kyle Sloter backer going into the season, yeah, that was tough. You expect a guy with a tinted visor to have a little bit more, you know, mental toughness than that. This is the story to me. This championship game is the giant versus the team that's red hot going into the playoffs and how that kind of dichotomy works itself out. I mean, and it's just, you have two teams that have won, both have won games, you know, fighting left-handed, fighting right-handed, you know, DC has put up numbers through the air. I mean, we watched them just absolutely dismantle a Seattle team that we thought was good. We've seen absolute out shoot out the air raid offense that we of June Jones. You know, I don't think anybody saw that coming and Arlington went out and just absolutely embarrassed the Houston roughnecks just absolutely embarrassed them and exposed them for being for missing playmakers. And Mm -hmm. But both of these teams can, they can put up points through the air. They can put up points on the ground and the defenses can make it happen. Defenses are so good. Both defenses are so good. (laughs) I mean, the question is going to be, I mean, it's, I think it might come down to who has the ball last. I really think it might. I think this is the way kind of the playoffs looked and shaped out. I think this is the best game we could have gotten. Short of. Defenders battle Hawks round three. Well, yes. Yeah. Short of, short that, of that's that, the game. Right? That's the game. We all want. Yes. Yeah, so like I, in hindsight. Yeah. I really would have loved the seed records just to lose outright in week 10 so that we could have gotten the battle Hawks playing the defenders in what would have been maybe the best game of the season. Yes. That would have been awesome. But I think the way the playoffs were set, this was the best outcome. Both these teams are good. I am wondering, do we know the status of Jordan Tom who's like what happened to his finger, how he's doing? I don't know off the top of my head. That worried me. Seeing that happen worried me. I mean, I have a buddy who's the biggest like Derek King fan on the planet. And I think King could be fine, but I want to see Tomu lead this team. I don't know. I don't know that Tomu can be fine. I mean, I've seen Derek King and Jordan Tomu play. And let me tell you, I initially was very much out on the two quarterbacks on Jordan Taomu. Oh yeah. But Jordan Taomu proved me wrong. Have you flopped on Taomu more than anyone on the planet? Like, Oh yes, I have. I was just, I I was in on him last year in the USFL. (laughs) Then after watching that disaster, that was Tampa, I was so out on him to start this year, the start of the year. I said, Derek King, Derek King, Derek King. And now it's like Jordan Taomu. I'm sorry. I ever disrespected you because he, I even think looking back to his 2020 XFL season, he was limited by his offensive coaching. He has never had a year like this. I think it's a combination of offensive coaching and he might be a big example of the guys he plays around. He plays up to their level. I mean, and he just, he cleaned up the interceptions in such a big way this year. Mm -hmm. He's 14 touchdowns to three picks versus 14 to 12 last year. Ugh, that was bad last and year. even in 2020, he was five to two, but his rushing numbers, you know, 300 yards rushing, gotten into the end zone three times, just, you know, the steps he took 
And similarly, Luis Perez, this has been one of his most prolific spring seasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, he only played three regular season games for them. That's so so crazy. And he threw for 700 yards in those three games, one touchdown to two picks. But before that, he threw eight touchdowns to five picks. I mean, he's had... That was on Vegas! Right, that was on Vegas on an awful team. He's had his best statistical year in a spring football league. You know, he finally surpassed his 2019 Birmingham Iron year where he threw 1,400 yards. I also... Hand hand up. I do believe he would have done it in 2020 on the Guardians for New York. He I was, think I think he would have too. He yeah. that Guardians team really started to turn around yep. with him. Um, walking through the injury report for this week, uh, only DNPs so far for Arlington. Defensive Brown, Shakir Brown, and wide receiver Ronell Hall. Everybody else was a full participant today. Good for the Renegades. I love that. On the DC side of the ball, though, different story. Dewan Neal, cornerback, shoulder, limited. Abram Smith, running back, ankle, limited. That's the other one I was worried about. I was very worried about that for them. Safety, DJ Swearinger, hamstring, limited. Quarterback, KJ Sales, ankle, limited. Defensive tackle, Joe Wallace, foot, limited. Safety, Kentrell Bryce, say it with me, with the Achilles, limited. limited. Michael Joseph with the abs, limited. Yeah, Anthuala Kelly, hamstring limited. Ethan Wolf, ankle limited. Jazz Ferguson, hamstring limited. Jordan Tamu not on the injury report though. Oh, dog, dude, that's that was my worry. They got beat up in that Seattle game. As much as they dominated, they still got beat up. Seattle drug them down to like I'm I'm worried, but I'm on the Renegade, so I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I just they have to put up points offensively. And I don't know if they can do that. That's my honest That's, concern right now. The Renegades? Yeah, I just yeah, don't think fair. they can do it. I am, yeah, I feel like the Renegades need some, like, turnover magic to win this game. Yeah, I mean, all season, they have been a defensive team. They have won so many games on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they had 18 offensive touchdowns and five defensive touchdowns. It was so that like, what was it? I think until like week nine or something, we, it was, it was like Lewis Perez's first or second game. They hadn't scored an offensive touchdown. Also. It was so stupid. Yeah. It was their, their offensive stats for most of the season were just dumb. But I will say Luis Perez had one of his best games as a spring football player, 19 of 27 for 289 in the touchdown. And also just, I trust Bob Stoops in a playoff scenario. In a championship game. I mean, and it's it's going to come down to the legs. It's going to come down to Arlington not turning the ball over mm-hmm. and them being able to slow down an absolutely just red hot DC defenders offense. Your boy over here is sitting on a Renegades 14 to 1 ticket, so I'm going to try and just not sweat this one out. You're going to be sweating that one I know. hard. I'm sweat it so hard. Ugh. I mean, Abram Smith has run for almost 800 yards. Ran for 800 yards in the regular season. God, sure he is past that number. God, he's good. Yeah. The D.C. defenders, good at football. Any down roster guys that you're looking to make sure go into your DFS lineups this weekend? For this game in particular? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. Because you have to – this isn't a this isn't a week where you can get cute with the quarterback. You're either on Taumu or you're on Perez, and you're building your roster from there. I've been riding him a little bit. I don't know if he's down roster as much as some people would expect, but I hope like he needs to bounce back this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him one last time. I'm gonna ride with Tyler Vaughn's. I feel like he would have to have at least a fairly significant game. I I think that's accurate. I mean, Tyler Vaughn's last week had you know big week or no, not a big week. No, Peyton had the big week. Javonta Peyton was the big week. Tyler Vaughn though has been good. All year, I think he's definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on. Chris Blair is somebody else I think needs to make your way into a roster one way or the other. I don't know where you're finding a leverage point here, but it's probably going to be guessing correct on whichever tight end scores a touchdown. Yeah, I would lead. I mean, Sal Cadenla's 
like consistently been really good, but I'm I mean, flexing Sal Canella, but I'm I need to find it. I need to find the tight end that's gonna pull it in. Yeah, that's gonna be a big one in this one. You're gonna have one tight end score a touchdown who maybe no one's ever heard of for the entire year. <laughs> Do you have a prediction as to who that will be? Ugh. Let's see. I mean, who's the other tight end for the Renegades? Because I trust Luis Perez to get it to his guy. Like, that's the safe option, and Luis Perez is nothing but safe. I don't know. Luis Perez might be a little risky right now. You, you, know? think, th- you think this is the game where he, he lays it all out? I mean, he threw for 300 yards last week. Uh, Nate Becker or Sean Byer or Alex Ellis? Oh, I'm gonna go Becker. I'm gonna, Becker. Becker. I'm gonna give it to Becker. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sal Canella is getting his through the air and the yardage. I'm gonna think one of these other guys steps up. I'm gonna go with Becker to step up and get. I just need one touchdown out of him. Just give it to me. Yeah, and I I think this is also gonna come down to uh, you're gonna need a big Davion Smith game. This is big Davion yes. Smith. Week. Yes, you will. He needs to he needs to put the big boy pads on and he needs to just gobble up that chicken salad. God damn it, that was perfect. Jim, it's been it's been a blast, man. We talked XFL, USFL. We talked about our dreams for spring football. We talked about how Jim's gonna use Talkify to find XFL slash USFL slash CFL and probably soon AFL Jane. How excited are you for arena football to be back next year? I'm very excited. I I would love I love the IFL. I love the CFL. I just feel like the Arena League has name recognition. Exactly. It's got that oomph. And it's got it's arena football. No one else is arena football. And they won't have Antonio Brown getting rid of half the damn team and firing be. the coach. Who I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Who thought Antonio Brown would be a responsible adult? Yeah, I don't know who who made that decision to be like, oh, he'll be responsible this time. It's funny because it's they never ran happened. out the other owner, and the other owner has now bought another NAL team. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, spending your evening with the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. That is my man, the Cyclone in Chief, XFL, USFL, CFL, Jim, and I'm your host, Adam Pelletier, and we will see you next time. Nova Productions.